God willing, we'll be expounding verses 22 through 25 tonight. It's been a great study in the book of Philemon. Paul has been writing to a Christian named Philemon who had a a runaway bondservant named Onesimus. And in this amazing letter about Philemon forgiving Onesimus, we've learned how God can forgive us and also how we can forgive others uh, through our own forgiveness from the Lord. And God willing, I hope to finish our exposition of this wonderful book tonight. But before we dig into verse 22, I must remind you that Paul is writing this letter from prison. He was in prison for preaching the gospel. So let's see how this prisoner of Jesus Christ, as Paul often called himself, closed out his letter to Philemon. In verse 22, Paul tells Philemon, if you look there with me, but with all, prepare me also a lodging. In addition to Philemon pardoning Onesimus for the wrong he had done to him, Paul asked Philemon to prepare a lodging for himself, to prepare a lodging for Paul. Now, remember, Paul was in prison. He already had a lodging. It was a jail cell. In Cherokee County, Brother Shepherd, uh, uh, James Campbell was the sheriff, and we used to say, well, someone checked into the Campbell Motel tonight. That's what we'd say. Someone was in jail. Checked Campbell Motel. So Paul already had a lodging in the jail cell. Paul was sending Onesimus back to Philemon, remember, but Paul wasn't going back with him. He's in jail. So why did Paul tell Philemon to get him a place fixed up to stay in? What did he say? Prepare me a lodging. Take your pens, please, and underscore the word prepare. Prepare. And if you're taking notes outside your Bible, write down the word preparation. Preparation. In these closing comments that we're going to be looking at tonight, we're going to find five things that help the church function as she should. Five things. And preparation is one of those five things. Paul said, prepare me a lodging. Why? Look back in your text. He goes on to explain, for I trust, Paul said, that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. Take your pens and underscore the word trust. Trust. And if you're taking notes under the word preparation that you just wrote down, write down the word persuasion. Persuasion. Paul said, I trust, I am persuaded that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. Okay, underline the word prayers. Prayers. And underneath the word persuasion that you just wrote down, write down the word prayers. So now here are three of the five things 
that help the church function as she should. Our preparation, our persuasion, our faith, and our prayers. All right? Now, we're going to pause right here with these three and see how they fit together, how they collaborate together. Paul was locked up in prison for preaching the gospel. But Philemon was praying that God would release him. And let me point out something important to you here about prayer. Philemon probably didn't know anybody powerful from the criminal justice system to get Paul released. It took someone with authority to lock Paul up, right? And if it took someone with authority to lock Paul up, then Philemon needed someone with greater authority to set Paul free. And this is a wonderful pattern for us because we often find ourselves in situations just like this in life. Not necessarily that we're trying to pray someone out of prison. But situations when our current circumstances are out of our hands because they're over our heads. Make sense? This was entirely out of Philemon's hands because authority-wise, it was over Philemon's head. One day I was served a notice that I was being sued. And the lawsuit was maliciously filed and it was morally unjust. On two occasions I've been sued like that. (laughs) One by an inmate. But that doesn't mean a whole lot to an earthly court, does it, Brother Earthly court. If it meant a whole lot to an earthly court, Mr. Rittenhouse wouldn't be on trial right now. Okay? But it doesn't mean a whole lot to an earthly court. So I did not put my trust in men. I did not put my trust in the earthly court system. When I was served that legal notice, I just prayed in my heart, Lord, I'm appealing this case to your court. What was I doing when I appealed my case to God's court? I was doing the same thing for Laman was. I was going over the heads of the people who were over my head. Think about it. This is what Laman's doing. The reason we want to understand how it works is that we can pray in faith. We can pray with comprehension of what we're doing. When I appealed my case to God's court, I was going over the heads of of those people who were over my head. My enemy had summoned an earthly authority to harm me. So I appealed my case to the highest authority of all. That's what Philemon's doing. My prayer, he was going over the heads of Paul's enemies. He was appealing Paul's case to the highest authority of all. And Paul understood This kingdom principle. And understanding this kingdom principle, Paul put his trust in the divine appellate process. Does that make sense? He put his trust. Hey, Philemon has appealed my case to God's court. I'm going to put my trust in that heavenly appellate process. Philemon was praying and Paul was trusting. He was persuaded that the process would be justly and divinely carried out. He was trusting in the higher authority. 
that Philemon was praying to, the God of all creation, that he would overrule the earthly authority that had put him in jail and set him free. So Philemon was praying and Paul was persuaded that as he had faith that he would be released through those prayers. So Paul said, Philemon, prepare me a lodging. So I want you to notice now how preparation works hand in hand with our prayers. Philemon was praying for Paul's release. So Philemon needed to be preparing for Paul's release. You see, if you have the persuasion, then you need to start the preparation. That's simple. When I was a young believer... I remember kneeling down. I've, I've told you all this story before. I was at uh, the little church that, uh, that I was going to at the time. And I remember kneeling down and I, I told God, I said, I, I want to understand how salvation works. I want to understand it. I was saved. I was a new believer. But I said, I want to understand how it works inside and out. I said, I want to know for myself, but I want to know so I can not only explain it for myself, but I, say, I can explain it to others. It was a heavy burden on my heart, so I started praying. But not only did I start praying, but I started preparing. I began to study the Word of God and important passages that dealt with salvation. And I began committing those passages to memory. Because how else? Is God going to give me the understanding that I was praying for if it was not through the word that he had given me? Prayers, persuasion, that's our faith, but preparation. Your prayers need faith. You know what else your prayers need? They need feet. (laughs) They do. Prayers need faith, but they need feet. You need to get to work on the work you're asking God to do in your life. Does that make sense? You need to get to work on the work that you're asking God to do in your life. Philemon had been asking God to let Paul out of jail. Okay. Well, if God lets Paul out of jail, guess what? He's going to need a place to stay. (laughs) So if you're going to be praying, then you might as well start preparing for your prayer to be answered. Here's a a good kingdom principle, make a lodging for your answered prayers. Make a lodging for your answered prayers. Later on in my Christian walk, I started having the burden to pastor a church. I wanted to know God's word and I wanted to teach it to others. I had a hunger to learn it, had a hunger to share it. So I prayed for God that if it was his will, he would give me that opportunity. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And I was persuaded that if it was God's will, he would let that come to pass. I trusted him to fulfill his will in my life, whatever it was. And because I did, I didn't simply pray for the ministry, but I again began to prepare for the ministry. <laughs> and and, and what, what do you know? Yeah, if, if Philemon prepared a lodging and God never set Paul free, then it wouldn't be because Paul didn't have a place to stay if God let him out. You getting that? It wouldn't be Philemon's fault 
If God let Paul out, or God didn't let Paul out, it wouldn't be because Philemon had not put feet to his prayers. Sunday, um, Sunday morning after church, uh, I don't think Abel has been passing out a lot of tracks or anything. My son. And uh, Sunday morning uh, after church, I went outside and uh, and uh, when I stepped outside the front porch after most people had gone, I noticed him going by the little basket over there. And I saw him pick up some gospel booklets and a, a pad or two of sticky tracks. I thought in my heart, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, he caught up with me outside. He said, hey, I was telling some people at work about these gospel booklets we had and these sticky tracks. And, and uh, he said, I told a co-worker. And that co-worker said, hey, I want some of those. And then she told another co-worker about it. And that co-worker said, well, I want some too. He said, so I got some to share with him. I go back to work. I said, well, that's great, Abel. Anyway, went on home, locked everything up. I get back to the house. Just got his pulled in. My phone's ringing. It's Abel. He said, hey, those things come in handy. He said, I stopped off at the produce store on the way, at the produce stand on the way home, little produce, country produce stand on the way out to my mom and dad's house. He lives in a, a little apartment next to their house. He said, I, I stopped at the produce stand on the way home. He said, and that guy said, hey, it looks like you just got out of church. I said, I did. He said, where do you go? He said, I go to Central Baptist in Maybank. He said, well, I think he said when he goes, he goes to, he said, you probably wouldn't know about a little place called Opelika Baptist Church. He said, yeah, my dad used to pastor there. I filled in a couple times when they, Siri, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I, I filled in a couple. I was their interim pastor a couple of times when they were in between pastors when I was having vocal trouble. I went out there for short terms and filled in for them. He said, yeah, my dad used to pastor there. And then he started going in, and because I, I don't think the man goes regular out there at all. He started going in. He started saying, uh, about our ministry out here and, and the Knowing I'm Saved book and, and the, the, the gospel booklets we write to try to help other people come to know the Lord and understand the gospel and know if they're saved. And he said, what's the name of that book? He said, i got to get that. He wrote down, Knowing I'm Saved. And then he asked Abel for one of our booklets. Had he not gotten one of those booklets, he wouldn't have had one to give him. But because he had prepared... Then it got used. Don't ask for God to help you win people to Jesus. And not prepare to win people to Jesus. But if you will prepare to win people to Jesus. Eventually that gospel seed will land on somebody's heart. It will. It may take some time. You may not even know about it. But it will. There was a, uh, a highway patrolman. In Smith County, this has been a long time. This has been at least probably 25 years ago. And uh, I was a, a young trooper. And, and uh, anyway, this, this highway patrolman stopped a Baptist pastor there in Athens, Texas. He was going through Smith County one day, and he got stopped. And 
and the trooper found out that the the man was a Baptist pastor there in Athens. And uh, he said, uh, the Baptist pastor brought my name up and said, uh, I know a highway patrolman. He said, his dad goes to my church. And he says, his name's Richard Fulton. And the man said, I know Richard Fulton. He said, Richard Fulton, he said, we used to eat at this, the troopers used to go eat at this little country cafe in Bullard. He said, and I remember watching him before he ate his food, he would pray. He said, and that really stuck in my heart and got me seeking after God. He said, that's one of the reasons I became a Christian. I had no idea. I had no idea. Had he never stopped him, I would have never known until we got to heaven. But you may never know. But I know one thing. God will never use you if you don't prepare a lodging for your prayers. If I studied my Bible, if I went to seminary, if I sought the face of my God in preparation for the ministry and I kept myself and, and my home in order the best I could and, and God never put me in a church, then it wouldn't be because I hadn't prepared for it. Don't just put faith to your prayers. Put feet to your prayers. Prepare a lodging for what you've been praying for. Paul told Philemon, look in verse 23, There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, look at this, my fellow laborers. Paul was sending greetings to Philemon from Epaphras, who was apparently in prison with Paul for preaching the gospel, and from these other brethren who were obviously working together. They were his fellow laborers in the ministry. So take your pens, please, and underscore the word fellow. And laborer, I know it's one word, but try to separate a little dash in that line. Fellow, laborer, and that brings us to the fourth thing that's necessary for the work of God to work well. And that's partnerships. Partnerships, underneath the word preparation, write down the word partnership. And that simply means you can't do it all by yourself. <laughs> you can't do it all by yourself. Man, I remember when I first came here, one of the things I prayed strongly for was for God to send me a like-minded believer who could help me teach the Bible here at this church. And there's the answer to that prayer right there. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing when I think about it. I, I, remember, I remember praying. I never thought about this, Miss Becky, but I, I remember praying. I remember being a, a highway patrol trooper, and I'd have to go work on Sundays. And I remember watching my family go to church, and I'd have to drive off in that black and white, and I just hated it. I said, Lord, please give me a job where I can get up and I can go to church with my family every Sunday. I prayed earnestly for that, and he did. 
He put me in auto theft service. And that's where I met Miss Becky. Had no idea. I, I didn't think I'd ever be a pastor. I, I didn't plan on being a pastor at that time. It was way, way early in my Christian walk. But that desire to be in church, God had it all lined up. So when he put me in auto theft, out of all the services to go into, he put it on my mind to go into auto theft. And there I would meet Miss Becky, who was the auto theft secretary for the district. And by meeting Miss Becky, I would meet the man who later I would be, would be fellow laborers in the ministry together. God had all that in mind. I didn't know. Had no idea. But God knew. And see, through preparation, I ran into God's provision. Isn't that amazing? That's how God works. And we see it all right here. Paul understood. But Paul, one of the most used men of God in the Bible, still had to have help to get the work done. In the ministry, you have to be willing to give help, and you have to be willing to get help. God didn't make a bunch of lone rangers out there. God designed his church to function as a body. We have to work together with other members in that body. And boy, I am so grateful for the help I received in this ministry. I'm so grateful. And I, I just marvel to watch the body of Christ work in harmony to accomplish the work of God. Absolutely marvelous to me. You need prayer. You need persuasion. You need preparation. You need partnership. But that's all the parts to the car. But you need, lastly, the fuel to make that car go down the road. You need power. Paul said now in verse 25, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Underscore the word grace. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. The grace of God is the power of God in your life. Everything we do as believers must be done in the grace of Jesus Christ. It has to be God's spirit working in us rather than our spirit working for him. And that's one of the biggest mistakes Christians make. You think, well, that's not, what's the difference, Pastor? There's a big difference. It has to be God's Spirit working in us rather than our Spirit working for God. All the faith, all the preparation, all the prayers and partners in this world can't accomplish the work of God. Why? Because the work of God is just that. It's God's work. <laughs> and it's God's work alone. He's the only one that can do it. We, we have... Uh, we, we have to remember that we're not sent to accomplish the work of God. We are sent to yield to the work of God. If we set out to accomplish the work of God, then we're going to fail because we can't do it. But if we yield to the work of God, then God will accomplish his work through us. The difference between the two is the mindset that we have to have. That the, the correct mindset allows us to operate on the basis of faith. 
the correct kind of faith. Not faith to have God empower us to do his work. Because we can't do his work. But the faith to have us to rely on him to do his work in and through us. I know it may sound subtle, but it's very different. We have to have the mindset that the ministry is God's work, not ours. Every time Jesus performed a miracle when he was here on earth, the people just stood by and helped. They just just stood by and helped. Some filled water pots. Some took off Lazarus' grave clothes. Some held baskets of fish and bread. And then later when Jesus rose from the dead and the apostles performed the miracles in his stead, if you could say that, they understood that it was still Jesus performing the miracle, you see. That's why they said in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. They can't make people rise up and walk. They weren't just using his name like some kind of magic uh, spell or something. They knew it was Jesus who still had to do the work. He was just now performing the miracle through them. So simply put, we understand that God has to do the work. Then our reliance will be on him. And his grace will be on us. I'm to repeat that one more time. This is our closing. When we understand that God has to do the work, then our reliance will be on him. And his grace will be on us. With that, we'll go ahead and close this wonderful book of Philemon.